is there a war on drugs? What would happen if we made all drugs legal? Can You Tell Me Why is a podcast series by the University of Wollongong that finds surprising answers to difficult questions. We tap into the bright minds of UOW experts and take a hard look at the big issues around drugs, crime, robots, immortality and much more. All eight episodes of Series 1 are available now. Can You Tell Me Why? A podcast by the University of Wollongong. You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. And we are back. Eddie, hello, how are you? Very well, Tom. Pleasure Thank you. to be with you as always. Always lovely to have you here. We're back for another week, uh, the Hello Sport podcast. Uh, you know, a couple of fellas just sitting around talking some shit about sport. Just talking about the week that was. Week that the was. The week that is. The week that is. Things I'm, that are happening right now. I'm proud to look at sport. A couple of punters, a couple of dribblers. Just... Just a raw look at things. Just John. working our way through a bit uh, of sport. Uh, an honest, an honest look at things. You know, just like imagine sitting on the couch with your mate. Very, just a natural situation. Maybe, We're not sitting on a couch, but imagine that sort maybe of maybe a couple of tins. Couple of tins. You know, just talking about what's going on. Maybe some nachos. Not ruling out nachos. Beer not. nuts, even. You know what I mean? Sure. Whatever. Conversational foods. Whatever your flavour of choice is. Exactly. Imagine that. And then and then throw and a little then, bit of sport. Then, had some chat in there. And that's sort of what this is. Yeah. That's right. Uh, now, outside of that, mate, you know, before we get into the sort of the, the nuts and bolts, the minutiae of the week that was, Edward. Yes. How was your weekend? How you been? I haven't seen you. No, I haven't seen you since uh, this time last week. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, seven days is a long time. It's, it's a long time between drinks. In this world, Tom? Yeah. This fast-paced city of ours? With a, new, a 24-hour news cycle? Oh, it's a you lot know to, what I mean? It's a, it's a lot to digest sometimes. So some... Sometimes you didn't even recognise me when you got well, in today. Well, I didn't. I thought you'd had a haircut. Went from haircut to be- to a beard trim. Look, and I mean both of those, but that was like a long time ago. But you have been running. I've been. Hey, well, if, the loyal punter and dribbler will be aware. People of, who have been really following us. I think I was going to give some updates throughout the month, the process. Yes, uh, and I'm happy to report he's looking good. You think I'm looking a little better? Looking better in the face, Tom. Maybe that's it, like glowing again? Are we thinking? Well, I'm not going to say you're glowing. Okay. We don't want to be too positive. No, no, no. But you used to look pregnant. You know what I mean? Yes. Now you're... Look like maybe I've given birth. Yeah, exactly. I've carried to full term. (laughs) You've carried to full term. You've birthed a child. (laughs) And now I have a beautiful child. Yes. And now you're you're, you're going through the stages of recovery. Yes. But you look much better. Post-baby body. And I just thought the punter and the dribbler, Tom, would want to be up on your process. Yeah. Up on your progress, rather. I'm a proud, I'm a proud parent, and I'm in my post baby body, and I'm working it off. Uh, might be, might be being off the piss as well. Well, that probably helps. Five hundred schooners every weekend isn't gonna, isn't gonna get you to where you need to be. No, not when I heard. Not sure if I've ever shared this with you, but apparently one schooner. We're just a regulation school. Yeah, you, yeah, you're run of the mill schooner. You're run of the mill schooner. <laughs> yeah, your full strength, your VB, yeah, your Carlton drafts of this world. Correct. Now, apparently, one schooner, one little schooner, is five slices of white bread. The equivalent. Really? In carb terms. Five slices? Five slices. That's essentially half a loaf. Are we calling that? No. God, no. I would have, I would have said probably maybe a third. A, a third. I'd say a, a, more, a third more than a quarter. You don't reckon you're getting 20 slices out of a regulation run-of-the-mill Wonder White loaf? I don't think you are. A regulation loaf. Uh, look, we'll throw the interns onto that. We might yeah. have an answer for you by the end of the podcast, but I would say that your your, your regulation size loaf, maybe maybe it is twenty, but I would have thought maybe fifteen. 
Including the ends? Including the crusts? Absolutely including have we, have the crusts. We, have we got 20 on air? Yeah, well, uh, with the crusts included, yeah, look, you'll, we'll find out by the end of the show. Your regulation life size. We'll get down to it. But that is quite alarming to hear that one schooner is worth five slices of bread. Could explain why the, why the weight is literally falling off. Literally falling. Should we talk some sports? Yeah, talk? I think so. It's Winter Olympics time. Not that you'd know it. You've got a story, I believe, about some gorgeous Pyongyang cheerleaders. Uh, there's a cricket awards show on tonight, Eddie. We'll get to that. I don't want to give out the name right now. It's a contentious name, let's be honest. And I think, I think a punter has sent in a question. This is something we'd like to get more of. Punters sending in questions. Now, I don't know about you, mate, but that bread, that bread stat's got me shook. That's got me all shook up. <laughs> Now, just before we kick off with some sport, I think I just need to address the the in, industry size of a, you know, the, the run-of-the-mill size. Yeah, of your, a, your standard loaf of bread. Yes. Our interns got onto it straight away. So Reuben Wilder, uh, who I think's, you know. He's our go-to breadman. Well, he's a breadman, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a baker. Th- he's fourth He's fourth gen. Fourth gen baker. We've got a fourth gen baker with the answer, okay? Now, he has said industry standard is 18 nice slices with two end pieces. <laughs> Most store-bought bread loaves will adhere to this. So, Okay, so it is about a quarter of a loaf. Yeah. Well, I believe I said 20. Yeah, so one schooner, quarter loaf. So thanks to Ruben, the fourth gen baker. Fourth gen baker. He's our go-to baker on the show, and if yeah. we ever have any... Bread-related questions, like yeah. today, yeah. Well, we go they, to Ruben. They come up from time to time. They do, and we're going to answer them. We don't let these questions just fly off into the ether. We need to answer these things. They're real. It's real shit, Ed. It's real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we digress massively. Uh, Winter Olympics is on. Now, I don't know if you knew this. I didn't really know, but it's on. Well, I knew when they started. They started last Friday. Hey, okay. Well, let me rephrase that. I knew that the Winter Olympics were happening once they'd started. <laughs> yes, I didn't know that there Does was that an opening sense? ceremony. I knew there was an opening ceremony because it was getting a lot of traction online because of the whole unified Korea thing, which was nice. Hey, that's nice to see. Uh, so that's why it was sort of dominating my news feed a little bit. So then I've started to have a little bit of a look. Have we got any medalists, any... Uh, hopefuls. Hopefuls. Which we um, don't. Well, no, apparently we did. We've got a couple. Yeah, but is that is that is that is that Australia spinning it so that we, like... Are our metal hopefuls real metal hopefuls, well, or are they let like? Me refra- let me rephrase. Watch it. Channel Seven hopefuls. No, no, no. So we had a couple of world champs going in. Oh, okay. Now I'll call them hopefuls. No, I'd call. I'd call a world champ. You'd call a world champ. We're talking hopeful. your chumpy pullins of the world. Chumpy's out there, is or is Chumpy retired? Well, I don't know where Chumpy is. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure where Chumpy's not where sh- Chumpy's whereabouts. Not not a hundred percent on Chumpy's whereabouts. Uh We'll leave that up to Chumpy. Yeah. Chumpy, if you want to reach out to us, yeah, by all means. Reach out, Chumpy. Um, Britt Cox in the Moguls, Women's Moguls. Household name. Household name. World champ going in, uh, finishes fifth, unfortunately, Ooh. overnight. Uh, the moment got to her. Bit of a Campbell sisters sort of a, a situation here. Very much a Campbell sisters situation. Now, if you don't know who the Campbell sisters are, you've definitely been living under a rock. Metaphorical or otherwise, we must we must make that clear. Uh, oh, of course. We wouldn't really think that you are actually living under a rock. But if you have been, that would explain... Why you don't know who the Campbell sisters right. are or their capitulation at the Summer Games. That's right. Yeah, the real games. <laughs> let, let, let me just preference that. Yeah. I don't feel... I don't like that I have to say Summer Games. <laughs> because let's all be honest, the Winter Games is the Winter Games. It's yeah. a bit of a joke. It's yeah. a bit of a farce, but the Summer Games is... Well, it's the Olympics. Yes, it's the Olympics. I don't remember the ancients having a Winter Games. No, so. no, I don't think so. I don't know how, how well they would have survived the cold. 
Or the, or the trek. No, or the trek, exactly. The world's all coming, the, you know, yeah, all yeah. different countries you, yeah. coming yeah. together for a nice cold winter games. Yeah. What I want to know, Tom, is when did the, when did the storied history of jumping and throwing objects, like the discus and yeah, the javelin. Yeah. Jumping and throwing shit. Jumping and throwing shit. Obviously, you the Olympics. I, obviously, you and I know more than more than most about Australia's storied history in jumping. Oh, we have a proud history of jumpers. That's Absolutely. without question. But what I want to know is when did the world get so itchy for another another Olympics? Another Olympics was was throwing the discus and the javelin and and jumping as far and as high as you as one can jump and throw. Was that not enough? And that's and that's before we get to the running time. Oh, that's that's before getting from here to there as quick as you can. Yeah. I mean, was that was that not enough? Well, see, I, th- I would have thought it would have been, Eddie. I love seeing people throw stuff. It's a great, hey, look how heavy this is. Look at the size of this person. Look at them throw it. But m- more than that, I love seeing jumpers. That's obviously anyone who's listened to us for more than a couple of shows knows our affinity with great jumpers. Well, the nation's the affinity. The nation's affinity. <laughs> I think the nation's, the nation's affinity, affinity with, 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 with a great jumper. Yeah. But specifically us. Like, we've sort of, you know, we've we've made it our, our mission to honour great jumpers. <laughs> Yeah. And I just don't see a lot of jumping in the Winter Olympics. Like, at least they were, they were like jumping like on skis and shit. Well, I've, I see one jumping event, yes. which quite frankly seems utterly ludicrous. Let's go down giant ramps and see who jumps the furthest, flies the furthest. Well, hang on, it's almost a mixture of throwing something. What do you need the ramp and for? jumping? Well, yeah, exactly. You sort of, that's what you got legs for. I thought that was where jumping originated. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's why. That's what I thought jumping was. Mm. Anyway, look, what we're saying is punters and dribbles, is that the Winter Games doesn't really mean much to us. Uh, maybe it does to you. Maybe it does to you. It doesn't mean much to us. But it comes across to me and to Tom. Oh, yeah. As perhaps a little elitist. Well, you know. And that's what, and that's when I, I was sort of been harboring these thoughts, Tom. Mm. Just wanted to bring them up with you on the show. Maybe just sort of try and iron them out with the punter and the dribbler. Yeah, sort of work through it. Now, look, I'm not saying it's globally elitist because, sure, there would be some people that just live in the snow. But certainly as Australians, Eddie, I feel like if you're an Australian competitor at the Winter Olympics, it's elitist. Okay, well, let me let me go further then. Yes. Okay, let's, let's use Germany as an example. Yeah. Obviously, it snows in Germany. Yes. Snow is... Prevalent yes. in, in yeah. Germany. Oh, we yeah. Could, we could say that. You could, yeah, you know you could say that. Yeah. But how prevalent are ski resorts? You know what I mean? Like, and how is, cheap is, are ski and resorts? How, exactly. Is ducking up to to Mount Guggenheim any, every, every other weekend, is that affordable for, the, for your average run-of-the-mill German family? Or is it somewhat like Australia where it's pretty exy? Yeah. To just duck up there all the time. Because even if and you... And attack the slopes. Yeah, and, and not just attack the slopes, but put in the time required to become a world champion. Exactly. Another question I'd like to ask you, how prevalent are bobsled tracks? Like, are they everywhere? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. It Does one... Is is there, like, the little athletics or, like, tiny tots for bobsled? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Are they throwing yeah. young children down there? Down these things? Surely not. Surely not. Do you just start with like a little bit of a sort of like a, a toboggan and you work it's your a, way up through, yeah, it's, you know. It's professional toboggan. Is the toboggan the go-kart, <laughs> you know, yeah. of the uh, of the, the bobsled world and then you obviously move your way up the ranks to then get into your your yeah. bobsled. Yeah. Or your, or, or your, the, the your one luge. Man, the luge. Anyway, I think that's Winter Olympics. Well, not quite. Oh, forgive me. Just one last thing that took me, Tom. 
and it was it was it was around. It was a heartfelt moment, I think. One of the most heartfelt moments so far of the Winter Olympics, I would was, say. It was something that would warm your heart and almost melt the ice? Almost, just about. And that's, that's the, the synchronised cheerleading of the, of the North Korean quartet of cheerleaders. Now, see, I, didn't, I, I read but did not see this. It is, it's extraordinary, Tom. Extraordinary. And so it was North Korean cheerleaders. So North Korean cheerleaders... So let me set the scene. They're Please. not they're not on the ice with pom poms. No, they're not. Short, your, they're not your regulation skirts. cheerleaders. No, God no. They're from North Korea. Okay, but but all they're trying to do is just is, is just try to de like um, destigmatize destigmatize. You know what the North's all about. Yeah, and that's clearly the commonly held beliefs of the the oppressive regime that you know is the North. Yeah, Korean. Yeah. Peninsula. Yeah, if I may. Yes, thank you, Tom. <laughs> Jesus. Very impressive. Now, there's about 30 or 40 of them, and they're sitting down, and they've got little flags and, like, faces, that, like cardboard cutout faces that they sort of hold in front of them every now and then. And would they you, sing would you, songs. Would, would you say that they Every single movement that they do is in complete and perfect unison. So after a while, you're like, geez, that's impressive. And then it starts to dawn on you as to how freaky it is. And is it almost like, oh, this is such a sweet... Beautiful moment, and then as it goes on, you're like, w- I mean, this almost takes like Olympic level training to become this synchronized. Well, mate, forget Olympic level training. This is this would be this would have to be eight years in the making. Like <laughs> every single move is just down, down. Now, very impressive, I might add. How very many impressive. of them? Well, I'd, I'd I'd say it some sub thirty sometimes sitting, and then there's two people at the front that lead. They're they're generally the best looking. Okay, so it's North Korea's. Best talent, yes. best young talent, yes, uh, the best of the best. Beautiful smiles. They look very happy to me. So I'm starting to question whether we've just been fed lies. Are we fed lies? Have we been fed lies by the West about the North? Because from what I can tell, we're we're looking at a very happy people, happy bunch of ladies who have gone out of their way. I'm assuming. You know, left of their own volition, you left, might assume. Well, no, I'm saying, I'm <laughs> oh, no. saying these people have got hobbies, Tom. <laughs> they've got young families, and they and they've gone out of their way to to learn these routines to such a precise level. And and in, and in no way were coerced no, to, to learn. Absolutely these not coerced, Tom. Of their own volition, no, of their own volition. Again, I I reiterate, hobbies these people have. <laughs> yes. You know, like indoor uh, cricket may have been missed, <laughs> for example, yes. to go and practice. To show their their support for the nation, and, and I think I think it's beautiful. Are they cheering for both North and South? Is that unified Korea? Yes, unified Korea. Are they all Are they all competing under the same banner, or is it still yeah. North and South? Well, they have been in the events that I've seen. So in the ice hockey, they got they got pummeled eight 0 by Switzerland. Not neither here nor there. No, not the point. Tom. No, that's not the not point. the point of the exercise. The score is not the point. But so you've got North Korea and South Korea playing together as a unified Korea. But, wonder how the teamwork's going but on. That. The, but let me tell you, the uh, the cheerleading isn't synchronized. They're not unified, rather. So you've got the South Koreans wearing, I'd say, a little racy. Oh, so we're not, we're not. Well, so it's not, it's not a unified cheer squad. No, God no. Which is a little bit disappointing, isn't it? It is. But I just think that look, knowing how much practice would have gone into these moves. They almost deserve a medal themselves. I think they, I think they almost deserve the medal. Do the we do we give these girls a little a couple of VBs? Look, I think I think they might need them. I think these sweet little I'll give North you the hot tip. I'll give you the hot tip. Punters, dribblers, go and have a gander. Go and have a look for yourself online. Type in North Korean synchronized cheerleading, 
And I think you'll, I think we'll all agree that they're in need of a big cold beer. So please, North Korean cheerlead squad, enjoy a big frosty VB on behalf of of the show. Yeah, and like one each, though. We're not going to just give them one to share. No, 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 no. That's ludicrous. That's Tom. we're not like that. No, no, no. Enjoy one each. On us. On us. Good on you, girls. Congratulations. Eddie. Yeah, Tom. We record this podcast on Cricket's Night of Nights. Yeah, that's the, correct. The biggest night in Australian cricket. The big one. The big one. Every year this happens. Every year this night rolls around. The same questions for you and I come up. It, it triggers us a little bit. I'm triggered. Yeah. Personally. Well, I'm nothing Nothing short of pissed off, quite yeah. frankly. Well, look, what I want to know is, it's the, for, for those of you that don't know, it's the Allen Border Medal tonight, which is the cricket's highest honour in Australia, the Allen Border Medal. The most prestigious individual honour. One can be bestowed with. Yes. Now, for the, for the novice cricket fan, I can imagine in your minds right now, you're thinking, wow, that Alan Border must have been the best cricketer Australia's ever produced. If, they, if they're going to name a medal after this man... Just if I just was to think to like Dally Messenger, at the time, one of the all-time greats. You can't change the Dally M to now call it the Joey, although I'd like us to, the rugby league. I just don't think they will. Yeah, your rugby union, your John Eels medal, is that what it's called? John Eels, current, widely considered the greatest wallaby of all time. Alan Border, though, I'm sorry to say, novice cricket fans, is not the greatest batsman or cricketer we've ever produced. And I'm not... And, and and I'm not I'm not here knocking Alan Border. We're not here to knock Alan. Arguably Alan was, the second greatest we've ever produced. I wouldn't even go that far, but I think he's good. Well, look on raw numbers and as a as a captain, he's certainly in the top five. Yes, let's just settle on that. Yes, let's settle on. that. We'll settle that one. Okay. We'll settle that tab. Happy to settle that. But I just think that if you're gonna if you're gonna name a medal, Tom, right after a player. And the medal that you're giving out is bestowed upon the, the best cricketer that year, the most prestigious medal, right? I just think that to overlook who, is, who some consider to be the greatest sportsman ever, full stop, I think it's a little, I think it's a bit of an oversight by Cricket Australia or whoever chose to overlook the Don. It's not right. It doesn't sit right with me. It certainly doesn't. I, I know it. I've been grinding your gears all day. It has and, been. and I dare say the punter and the dribbler, Tom, are bloody furious about it. Look, this. I haven't felt right about it all day, Eddie. I haven't. It hasn't sat with me. I've been, I've been restless. I've been anxious. Now, look, the cricketer we're talking about is obviously the great Don Bradman. It should be called the Don Bradman Medal. And we will henceforth refer to it as the Don Bradman Medal. Yeah. And again, again, Alan... AB, this is not a reflection on you, good sir. You were a great servant of the game, to the game. You're a great Australian and a great captain, a great cricketer, Captain Cranky. We're we're big fans. But but this is the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do. So from henceforth, it is the Donald Bradman medal, the Don medal. Yeah. Did you win the Don? Did Did he walk away with the Don? Who who won the Don? (laughs) Who's Don the Don? Now, some people will say, and see, this is the problem, Eddie, is that now there is a Donald Bradman medal now in Australia. And it's like for Australia, it's like a, some, a semi-Australian sports hall of fame sort of thing. But really, that w- it, it doesn't honour true greatness. It, it honours like, and this is not to shit on some specific 
uh, sports people, ones that we're very big fans of. Just as an example, Eddie, last year the Don was won by Jeff Horn. You know, like, and I'm not knocking Jeff because our love affair with the Hornet. Uh, the national treasure. Well, it's it's well known. It's well, well known. Tom. By no means are we diminishing the national treasure's feats here, but for him to win the Don Award, I think cheapens the Don. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. The Don needs to be a cricket specific award for me, for you, for the punter. I think for the dribbler as well. Or handed out doesn't have to be an annual thing. No. But when but when someone ascends to the heights. That the Don reached, and I'm talking you need to be at least 40% better than everyone else you're competing against, then we can think about rolling the medal out. Then we can think about having a Don award yeah. that is not just cricket-based. So in a, if you, if even Australian, let's just say the Hornet, for, 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 for argument's sake, sake, thank you very much, goes on a winning streak, the world, like the, the likes of which the world has never seen. Yes. Floyd-esque. Yes. Then you'd think about handing out the Don. Yes. You know what I mean? That, that, that gets him into that Don conversation. Yeah. So the Don medal is sort of just kept on hiatus until called upon. Kept on ice. It kept on ice. Thank you very much. Until an Australian comes along that is worthy. Maybe maybe kept with the Don. Yes. Where, where are his remains kept? I'd like to think Cootamundra <laughs> or Barrel. <laughs> They'd better be sprinkled on that bloody oval in, in Barrel. If he was cremated. If he was buried, then obviously... Under the, under the pitch. Under the pitch. Yeah. I think it's safe to say the Don's in barrel. <laughs> so, look, all we're saying is, before we get sidetracked on the Don's remains whereabouts, <laughs> we, it, just, we just want this medal in the cricket. We just want this the highest honour in cricket to be called the Donald Bradman Medal. And I don't think it's too much to ask. And we will be beginning that from here on in. Yes. So, on that, just quickly, we have got a couple of updates from the Don Bradman Medal as it goes to air tonight, I assume it is televised. What a what a thrilling event that would be to watch. It's on Jam, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so, 2018 Don Bradman Medal for ODI Player of the Year goes to David Warner. I can't imagine who else you're giving it to. Smudge certainly hasn't been knocking down the door on that front. And we've got uh, the Don Bradman Test Player of the Year. I think it's safe to assume we know who that is. That's Sir Smudge. Stephen Sir Smudgery Smith. We knighted him um, a few shows ago, obviously yes. for his services to cricket and to the nation. Yeah. Or do we, is that, do you don someone? <laughs> is that sort of the Australian knighthood? Yeah. Don Steve, the Don Stephen Smith or Don Stephen? Yeah. So instead of having Sir, Sir at the front, you have Don. You have Don. Yeah. So Don Stephen Smith. Yeah. That. Knights and Danes. Knights and Danes. You've got Dons and, and Dawns. Uh, Dawns. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah. what it is. Dons and Dawns. So Dawn is obviously Dawn, Dawn Fraser. Dawn, Dawn Fraser. Dawn is obviously Don, 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 Don Bradman. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah. Donald, Don Ian Thorpe. Yes. Don Ian Thorpe. Uh, and look, at that. Um, that's and maybe like Don Winks. At this point. Yeah, we're Don Winks at this point. Are we talking living? Obviously, Don Rod Laver. Don Rod. Um, Don Kathy Freeman. Don oh, Kath. Dawn, Dawn Kathy Freeman. Dawn Kath. Dawn Kath. Um, and look, that's all that I've sort of, that's coming to mind right now. But you get the point. I think we've we've landed on something here. Yeah. No more knighthoods. Not that that was the the genesis of this conversation, but obviously, you know, these things happen. It's a fluid 
situation. It's, it's fluid. Tom. It's fluid as fuck. But they've been replaced. Sirs and dames have been replaced with dons, dons, and, dons. and dons. And I think the nation is in agreement on that. Let's let's move forward. Let's move forward. Uh, smudge for the Don Bradman Medal for greatest cricketer of the year. I assume that's going to happen. He'll win his second tonight. Yep. Uh, and he'll he'll put a stop on David Warner, who was going for the three peat. Yes. Well, Dave didn't earn it. Smudge earned no, it. No, Dave did not earn it. No. Particularly with his record across the seas, Tom. Yes. Which left much to be desired. It did. So we'll see how David goes in South Africa, but we'll we'll be we're keeping a keen eye on David. Yeah, just let it just just let it be known, Dave, that, that we, we, we've got an eye on you. We've got an eye on you at the moment because we haven't been pleased <laughs> with yet with your international work. It hasn't been great of late, Dave. I'm going to be and look, we're not. We're in, we are completely aware of your abilities as a cricketer, but we're not happy at the moment. No, we're fuming. We're, we're fuming. <laughs> it's safe to say we're fuming. We're ropeable, but I, we don't want to. We don't want to show it, Dave. But we're fuming, and we need more. Because you're the VC. You're the VC, mate. And we're currently what fourth, fifth in the test rankings. Not good enough. You got one ton over the summer. Not good enough. Did you get any in India? No. Probably not. No. Not good enough. Can't play the spinning nut. The dancing Hates a nut. dancing nut. Mm. Look, we've got, we don't want to get back. Dave. <sighs> Dave, we don't want to get back into it, mate. Just just, just pick up your game, please. We'll be, we'll be keeping an eye on you. <laughs> you know we're near a Donhood. I'll tell you that much. Ah. That'd be absurd, Thomas. Now, Tom, as you and I obviously know, uh, we're 24 sleeps out from God's winter game. Yeah, it's it's getting there. Returning it's, it's going to in real returning to our screens. Mm-hmm. Twenty four sleeps. Twenty four sleeps. I mean, you know, just a pinch over three weeks, Tom. Yeah. Think of it that way. I'll be drinking again. March eight. That's how close it is. March eight, Tom. Now, that I think we'll both agree that we're getting awfully close to season starting, season commencing. Yes. Right? Very much at the back end of preseason. Oh, gotcha. Moving into the trials. Yes. Okay. Now, a friend of ours, a friend of the show. A punter and a dribbler. A punter and a dribbler, Richard Casey. A fan of the show. Well, look, he's a good bloke. Knows his league. Does he? Well, he knows enough to send me this message, Tom. Okay. Bit of a prop. Yeah. And it goes to something like this. He says, is Manly dead set going to have to play Jackson Hastings at 5'8"? If so, you are so fucked this season. Now... Look, I probably we, I wouldn't have phrased it that way, Richard. No, just quickly, do we know who Richard supports? Yeah, he's a chook. I'm not so obviously, obviously, he's on his high horse given recent signings, off-season situations, and I think that's probably fair because yes, if that was my team, I we wouldn't have shut up. No, God no. Well, but the, look, and look, Richard. I mean, I I can almost imagine that he would have been dick riding Jackson Hastings when he played for the Roosters. I imagine. I'm not saying he was, because I didn't see it specifically, but I just imagine he would have been dick-riding the shit out of him. Posters on the walls type stuff. That sort of shit. You have, know, you, have you heard about this young kid? Follow he's him phenomenal. on Instagram. He's the next best Joey. Yeah. The next Joey, the rather. The next Joey's coming yeah. through. Yeah. Young Bark. Confident as all hell. Oh, yeah. We lost Maloney, mate. Well, wait till you see what we got here with Jackson Hastings. Yeah. That sort of dick-riding is what I think was probably happening with So, Richard. look. So, all I'd say to Richard is, first off... How dare you? Secondly, I actually don't think that Manly, from what I've been hearing, and you you hear the whispers. Well, look, I, I keep I, t- I take a keen interest in Manly. 
That's for that's for damn sure. But you hear the whispers. Tom. I hear a couple of whispers. Hey, I hear a couple of whispers from time to time. I'm hearing that they won't actually be going with old Jackson Hastings, Richard's favourite player, uh, to start at five eight for Manly. So in that sense, no, we're not fucked. But we are going to be, from what I understand, going with an even less known half by the name of Lachlan Croker, who we picked up from Canberra, mm. who was a cousin of, I think, captain of the milk, Jared Croker. Yeah, hell of a footballer. Jared, hell of a footballer. He'll, he'll, you know, he, he could go, Jared Croker, just on a little side note, as we deviate for a second, will probably break the point scoring record. He's already almost there, and he's only like every bit of 26, and he'll probably break the game's record. Now, that's not important. What we what is important is that we will probably be our five eight will be his cousin. Well, hang on, I think that is important because it shows he's of good pedigree. That's true. Of good Eddie. breeding. That's Tom. true. Of and good stock. Of good stock. Progeny, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> it's very important in rugby league circles. You know that. No, you're right. You're <laughs> when right. you're looking at a prized half, a prized young buck coming through the system, you look at first at his progeny. Yes. Who that- signed the boy? <laughs> That's exactly right. Has he got football in his blood? And, and he does. Now, from that standpoint, I think Alpha Coach Trent, the 10. Yes. I think he's seen that. He's seen the stock reports. He's looked at the, at the progeny. Yes. And he's the gone. The side, the dame. Yes. And made a judgment call. And gone, this kid's made of the right stuff. Yeah. And so we'll pick him before Jackson Hastings. Who, by all accounts, pretty difficult to work with. And yet to prove himself in the top level. At the top grade, in the top flight, Richard. So, so thank you very much for, for, for reaching out, touch and base. We always love it. Yeah. But what I will say to you is, you smug roosters supporting piece of shit, it's not fair for you to come out and throw stones uh, because you clearly cheat the salary cap. Like, <laughs> let's, just, let's just call it what it is. Could you two just not talk anymore? Why are we letting robots take over? Will they create more jobs than they take? Can You Tell Me Why is a podcast series by the University of Wollongong that finds surprising answers to difficult questions. We tap into the bright minds of UOW experts and take a hard look at the big issues around drugs, crime, robots, immortality and much more. All eight episodes of Series 1 are available now. Can You Tell Me Why? A podcast by the University of Wollongong.